Hello and welcome to Army of Crime, your favorite comic book related podcast. I am your host, Matt, and I am here with my co-host, Dustin. Hello. Uh, today we are bringing you some comic book related goodness slash discussion. We are looking at the uh, French graphic novel slash collection of graphic novels uh, called The World of Adina which is written and drawn by the uh, comics creator known as Mobius. So the world of Adina um, is a like a collection of graphic novels um, that interestingly slash humorously originally started as an advert for like a like a tie-in to a car company that he then kind of expanded uh, over like a long over like many years, um, I think the what's considered the first part of it um, was published in '83, and I think the last part was published in like the early aughts. So it, it's kind of a, a sprawling, sprawling collection, you know. As I think, kind of as more parts of it would occur to him, he would uh, fill out the story more. What is the world of Adina about? Yeah, so the very beginning, like I said, it kind of ties into this car company thing. So the the very, like, the premise, like, the pitch, the elevator pitch would be that uh, there's two, like, astronauts in, like, a sci-fi setting, and they're stranded on a planet. And they are, like, driving an old car across this planet to try and um, check out this, like, mysterious structure in the background. So that's like the tie-in to the car. What ends up happening is they there's a lot of refugees from like different planets. And they get transported to uh like a what's supposed to be like a paradise world, which is Adina, right? Like Eden. Um, and then there's two people, kind of how like there's two people in the Garden of Eden, right? And I don't it, there's touches on a lot of stuff from there. It does not take a straight line narratively. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things that happen in there. What did you think of this? What did you think of the world of Adina? Yes, I liked this uh, comic quite a bit. It um, starts out in the very beginning. He's intentionally, I think, kind of drawing it using more of like a straightforward and very like simple uh, style. Um, though then as it goes on, it gets kind of like more detail and involved but yes it's it's kind of like a sci-fi epic about these two people and you know a larger group of humans generally um starting over on this like paradise planet of sort of like a garden of eden situation and then sort of what goes on from there yeah i mean the art is obviously moebus is most generally known as mainly as an artist like drawing other people's scripts and of course the art uh, is amazing uh, i don't know exactly how i mean how does one describe the art in in this comic book it's got a mixture of you know there are like these vast like cityscapes and stuff like that but it's definitely not something like when we talked about the other um french uh comic book artist the what was that one that we talked about that was the other science fiction comic book um 
Are you talking about Erm the Mad? Yeah, Jean-Pierre Droulet. It's yeah. definitely not like that, where it's all just like epic with like tiny details and just vast epic landscapes and such. Like big, those are like big, um, right, like uh, in, in uh, Erm the Mad, um, by point of comparison, those are those a lot of the images look like posters that you'd like hang on your wall. Yeah. Not necessarily like narrative. Right. This is much more grounded in like uh, nuts and bolts um, cartooning. Right. But, but he, I mean, but it's got every like he's able to sort of effortlessly, um, as you say, he, he does consciously shift art styles uh, as time goes by. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, there's every, like, you've got the vast, like, like sci-fi, like buildings and like the underground world. You've got like the psychedelic, uh, elements of like the dream sequences. You've got like the creatures, um, you know, the detailed, like human figures, like, like trudging through the desert. Yeah. And the colors too, which, you know, as I think one, it, uh, interesting extra element you get from reading French comics as opposed to like some of the Japanese comic books that we've talked about is um, that these are all in full color and they're often really like wonderfully co colored with like bright reds and greens and stuff and definitely not, you know, like realistic coloring, I guess. It's very uh, expressive and very vibrant and you know, just flipping through it now, it is quite like a wonder to behold. I find myself kind of at a loss to, to think of the proper adjectives to describe why Moebius is so wonderful to look at, but but it is. Like he is, uh, I mean, considered a superstar or was, you know, he's sadly departed now, but was considered like an international superstar of cartooning for a reason. And this is a uh, pretty wonderful looking uh, comic book to read. As far as the uh, story, you know, it's interesting because in the beginning, it sort of gets into this like very straightforward kind of like hippie-ish idea of like raw foods and like getting back to nature and like the basic necessities of life. Because part of what is going on here is that you have these people from an advanced like science fiction civilization who are used to synthesize food and recycle there and all this other stuff get having to get back to the basics of nature in the Garden of Eden. And I mean that stuff to me is kind of like less interesting. It almost at points feels like a you know like a brochure for like a raw foods diet or something. Yeah. You're talking, uh, yeah, the the story where they're like wandering through the garden area. Yeah. Or like they're exploring or whatever. So I think the stuff as it goes on, it kind of like picks up and I think and gets much more interesting is the story that's basically about how humans placed into a paradise end up just recreating the oppressive like dehumanizing society that they escaped from, so to speak. Right. Um, and that aspect of it, I found much more interesting. And it even gets into like what the what ends up being the villain of this is like some sort of like uh, demonic figure that like lives inside of dreams or something. I mean, it's all pretty heady. And I think if you read the introductions to each chapter, he. Uh, intentionally writes about 
wanting to leave space for interpretation for the reader to meet him halfway. But like they get the characters get to this city where everyone like wears these like silly looking masks on their faces. And that stuff yeah. I thought was really interesting. And basically it's like this totalitarian, really oppressive society. And like I said, it's, you have like uh, the human race sort of rebuilding the structures of oppression for themselves after being placed in a paradise because that's like what they're used to and what they're comfortable with. Right, the, right. The idea that you transport uh, a large number of humans to some planet that's been artificially designed to meet all of their needs and the first thing they do is build like a dystopia and refuse basically refuse to live in the world like it's called the nest um is essentially cut off from the world they like intentionally avoid it as much as possible yeah yeah and it's like a there's a this weird like god creature thing called the paternum who like rules over it and one of the two heroes and this is another interesting element too because the two main characters named stell and Adan, i think a tan yeah a tan um yeah. initially start out as based is almost like featureless like genderless characters and then one of them develops like into a man and the other one develops into a woman and the woman ends up being regarded as some kind of like goddess or like messianic character based based on this like text that was written by one of the guys when they started this like nest society uh, as yeah. i'm explaining this i'm like i don't know does this make any sense does it make yeah. any sense when you read it i mean um, it, it's a uh, i think it does make sense but it's kind of like a dream logic like it kind of just flows along and there's parts where the story has jumped forward like thousands of years and you don't even realize it yeah yeah, it, it kind of follows like a dream logic, I think is a good way of putting it. Because then the last chapter of this is the main character, Stell, is basically like hooked up to a machine so that he can like reach out into his dreams to find Atana, the goddess. So then in the last story, you have like several dreams like nested inside of each other, like as it like burrows like deeper into like his subconscious and then there's like a warring sort of good and evil uh like mythical figures that are like trying to help and destroy him um that one actually is probably one of my favorite parts of it yeah the last story yeah it's uh it's very it's interesting it gives you a lot to chew on i did like the the evolution of the two main characters because when it started and this shows some of my uh reader bias because i assume they were both men to start with um i actually i don't know if you thought they were did you think to yourself oh these are genderless characters i don't maybe you didn't even think of it but i assume they were both actually men going forward and then it, it explains that they're actually that like in the future everyone takes like hormone suppressors so that everyone is like genderless yeah um right so and then, then they kind of go back to this hippie-ish back to nature garden of eden situation yeah uh no and then like the very very last part uh is very cool um that kind of stuck with me like i like the ending and again it was produced over a fairly long period of time um 
and it doesn't really he doesn't really like wrap it all up um as you probably as you wouldn't really expect him to as you're reading it uh certainly yeah i mean i don't know if he left it open intentionally to maybe come back to it at an even later point or if this was just how he felt like it should end but yeah i mean it, it doesn't for a story that has so many like tangents as far as like you know a heady like science fiction thing it, it definitely does not give you you know like a pat ending where everything is explained yeah it'll it'll definitely remind you of like well actually i mean i thought of like inception because it has a guy like in his mind and then like having t and then it like burrows like deeper into like different dreams that are like nested inside of each other yeah there's flavors of that um there is a like a it starts off in like a space opera space empire kind of setting um kind of veers into more like almost like a fantasy um and then there's parts of it where the uh stell is just like wandering the desert um like fighting off creatures and like meeting people that yeah. could almost give you like a conan the barbarian a uh, little bit of a vibe like a lone i mean that might be um oversimplification but you know like the lone wanderer arch that's like an archetype right the lone wandering um hero right it, i mean it kind of like uh effortlessly without you even realizing it as you're reading it like kind of veers into like different story types if that makes sense yeah i mean i don't know if it's um i i wonder if it just like came down to what mobius wanted to draw or like exactly or just like what he felt like kind of exploring but yeah it, it definitely like shifts gears sort of frequently in regards to the focus of what's going on um because the last part has him in an almost like post-apocalyptic setting of like sort of like walking the earth as the traveler right right that's a, yeah the, like the, the wandering the wandering hero like archetype um or, or almost like a western setup um yeah, it, it's very cool. It's very interesting. The art is great. Like you said, it's kind of hard to explain why exactly, but it's he has like a distinctive style. Like you can you can tell. You like you can see it and you're like, yes. Yeah, it's very like clean and very colorful and very expressive. Um and just like the design, like on a design level, all of the like the characters and the settings are all you know so wonderful like the forests and like the 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 chapter three there's an opening splash page of these giant like tree trunks that are gray and then the ground is like a colored orange and the tree trunks reach from like the bottom of the page like all the way up to the top and it's just and then you turn the page and there's like a line of trees in this top panel and then green and then orange in the distance. Um, you know, it's just uh, the, uh, there's a guy, a guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah. As far as art. And in, like we were mentioning, sometimes you get like this detailed art and it feels like stiff and it, it absolutely does not. It, it, I mean, it, it reads uh, like, I feel like actually large portions of this um, you can read without even a lot of the dialogue. 
Um, like the art carries a lot of the storytelling on it, uh, and it feels, you know, in motion. It feels, um, it feels fluid. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, you could read it just for the art. You could say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, re I'm gonna read this, uh, because I like the art, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna page through it. The and stories it, are, of course, interesting as well, but there's, there's a lot going on, is what I'm saying. Yeah. What was the, um, what was your favorite, what was your favorite element? Favorite thing in it? I really like nickel. It's a good element. Just kidding. I like I I like their weird dystopia. Um, the I thought that the was nest? interesting. Yeah, I, th I thought that was interesting. And they have like the nose fever, and they're like weird masks with like the things sticking out. Um, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, that was certainly like a good turn for the story to take. And then they talk about how like this whole fortress like city area was already pre-built for them by whatever force created the planet uh but this is like what they chose to do with it was to make this make this like weird dystopian society um where everyone is scared of disease i like yeah. i like the nest as a story element right because they you know the human race is like given a paradise and they intentionally turn it back into a hell because that's what they're used to right they can't think of any other way of doing it and i also really liked um the very very last like the last bit like the last like 10 pages or like the last sequence you know what i'm talking about um yeah yeah and this i guess is a a spoiler normally we try to go spoiler light but i don't know how else to talk about some of this without just like saying why it's cool so this is kind of a spoiler for the very last sequence. I don't think it's like a straightforward narrative, like I'm revealing who the killer is. Yeah, I don't is. know that you can really spoil it too much, but... Yeah, but the very last sequence is really cool, Um, where they, they do some kind of whiplash, where he's like, oh, actually, none of this happened, and you're just insane, and we're, like, treating you, and you have, like, the space fever or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then... um. He he is getting some kind of like signals as if it, maybe it was real all along. As the reader, we we assume that he's not really crazy that it did happen and that this is the um like the paternum or something trying to break him. Yeah, because this other guy named Berg, who's like this tall, like bald guy, is also um fighting inside his mind for like uh as like a good guy, kind yeah. of. And then, so, like the very, the very, very last sequence, the very end of it, then is him blasting off into space to like continue the adventure. Yeah. And everyone's like, "What's he doing? He doesn't have the codes or the activation codes, and he's crazy." And and they're trying to convince him to like turn himself in or whatever. Um, and it, and then he just blasts off to to continue the adventure, which is just kind of like the perfect little ending to put on it. Right. Like we're just going back into space. We're gonna we're gonna find he's still looking for Atena, Atana. Uh, yeah. The the goddess. He's still looking for the goddess, and he's blasting off into space. The end. Just just leave it open ended. Like you said, maybe he was would have added more to it, uh, if time had allowed. But I think it's a nice it's a nice little ending. It's a nice little feeling it leaves you with. Yeah, I agree. I really liked the last part. I thought the entire last chapter was really. Well done. I also liked the um, the whole sequence where you get these guys with their little like spaceship like traveling through the desert. Uh, with the, and they have this sort of like junky like beaten down spaceship. 
that like has broken down in the desert and it sort of gives you a different feeling from you know the beginning is very like clean science fiction where it's like these like beautiful like bubbles and like spaceships that are all like gleaming yeah uh, but then later you get this like more like busted down like piece of junk spaceship right and they're uh, trying to fix it and they don't uh you're talking about the guys from the nest trying to fix their ship yeah where Stel and then Stel comes across them yeah yeah uh uh what other things have you read by by mobius or had that have him in it because like one of the main things uh that i know him for and this is a kind of like admitting um you know that you're like a, an unwashed plebeian but that he did a like silver surfer graphic novel for marvel that i own that's actually very cool it was written by stan lee that was I my read entry that as well that yeah. is actually really that is really cool i've tried to read he has had a long collaboration with uh alejandro jodorowsky oh right uh, and you're you're anti-jodo I'm anti. I've tried. I actually own several, like the In Call, and at least one or two other Jodorowsky Mobius collaborations, and I've never actually managed to finish it uh, because I find reading Jodorowsky to be like one of the most tedious tasks that a human being can endure. Yeah, which is saying something that you can make a Mobius comic dull. Uh, like too dull to finish reading yeah um, i think so that's, those, that's that's part of my other um experience with him you know unfortunately uh dark horse started putting out some of these like graphic novel like this was put out they had like a whole project that they were doing of putting out Mobi mobius stuff and you know unfortunately a lot of his stuff is not widely available in english but he, so I'm not familiar with, there's, you know, obviously huge swathes of his work that I'm not all that familiar with. I know Marvel published a bunch of his stuff in the early 90s, but those are all like out of print now. And so there's a lot of his stuff that it does not have any English language friendly editions. So other than that, yeah, his Silver Surfer comic and his... Jodorowsky stuff is are the other things of his that I am most familiar with, but he's definitely one of those people where is a, a name where when you see it on a comic book, you know that it's going to be worth picking up. It's just a shame that so much of, you know, Dark Horse's Mobius project seems to have fallen off. They haven't announced any new additions for quite some time, so... Yeah, he famously also did like the concepts for the uh, failed uh, adaptation of Dune, which right. isn't really like a thing. But I mean, you you can you can like find it online, and they're like cool, like kind of high concept size sci fi like uniforms and stuff. Right, that was part of his collaboration with uh, Jodorowsky. Yeah. Uh, that's our episode on the world of Adina, which I would heartily, I think we'd both heartily recommend uh, to anybody interested in comics, sci-fi, uh, comics, art, international, French comics, whichever. You can check us out on the website, uh, armyofcrime.com. 
I'm on Twitter at Army of Crime. Dustin is on Twitter at Dustin44444. If we convinced you to go read World of Adina, then you can reward us with some juicy five-star reviews. And make sure to avoid the dreaded nose fever. That's really funny.